this morning. Woo! There's a lot of things happening, and I'm so excited. But uh, for everybody, happy 3rd of July, because tomorrow's 4th of July. And so, uh, anybody got plans? No. <laughs> ah, just sleep in tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of cool because today, this morning, we're going to talk about freedom. So, somebody say freedom. Freedom. Okay, in fact, we're going to do this exercise because I want to have this side of the sanctuary. You guys are going to say free. And then you guys are going to say dumb. It's not because you're dumb, okay? I'm just saying. Just <laughs> play along with me. All right, so you guys ready? You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Ready? There you go. See, I don't know about you, but I, I love freedom. Like, I have five kids. Trust me when I tell you I love freedom. Like, when they go sleep, there's freedom. Until they wake up and tell you, Daddy, not, can, you come, can you come read me a story? No, I was free. Now I'm not free anymore. Not joking, I, I love my kids. But, uh, you know, freedom, it's a concept that we desperately desire in life. Right? Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure nobody here is like, nah, I don't like to be free. Nah, I don't like to be free. Nah, I don't like freedom. No, we love freedom. We want freedom. But the truth is that while we want freedom in life, we often experience the chains of life. Now here, here's the thing. Sin, sin isn't the only thing that can keep us in chains. Our past our feelings, our circumstances. All these things can also imprison us from experiencing the freedom that God has for us. But here's what we do know in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so today, this morning, we're going to take a look at the story of a man in the Old Testament in the Bible. And this man in the Old Testament, experienced a lot of things in his life, not good things, a lot of bad things. He, he, he had so much circumstances and situations that often left him in chains. In fact, he was thrown into prison, and yet he was never a prisoner because he discovered how to let freedom rise. And that's what we're going to learn today. This man, of course, that I'm talking about, his, his name is Joseph, and we can read about him in Genesis. Joseph was one of 12 brothers, 12 sons, I should say, actually. So he had 11 brothers. His father was Jacob, and, and Joseph wasn't just an ordinary son. He was favored by his father, Jacob. In fact, some of us know Joseph as the guy who, who the son who received a beautiful coat from his father, Jacob. Now, of course, his 11 brothers all loved, J- all, all loved Joseph, and so they treated him well. No, they didn't. They were, they were so jealous. They hated their brother Joseph to the point where they actually planned to kill him. You thought you had problems with your siblings. But, but instead of killing him, they came up with a better plan, a safer plan. They decided to sell him into slavery. What? So they do. They sell Joseph into slavery. And Joseph uh, gets bought by this official in the kingdom. And, and he actually gets favored by God. He actually starts doing really well. And all of a sudden, 
his master's wife accuses him, falsely accuses him of assaulting her to the point where the master then throws Joseph into prison. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's already a crazy story. I mean, your brothers hate you, so they decide to kill you, but instead of killing you, they sell you into slavery. You get sold into slavery. You get put into a master's house. Everything looks good, and then all of a sudden, you get falsely accused. Now you're in prison. That's already messed up. But it continues. See, he's in prison now, and, and then there's two other prisoners that come inside there, and, and they, have this, they have dreams, and they ask Joseph, can you interpret the dreams? And so he does, and one of them says, I will go and I'll make sure that you get freed. I'll promise you, I'll have you, be, I'll have you freed out of this prison. And what happens? Joseph gets forgotten. He remains in prison until the time where that man remembers, oh, wait, there's this guy in prison that can actually interpret dreams of the Lord. And after that, Joseph is released, and then we see what God does in the life of Joseph, favoring him. See, Joseph went through many situations where he went, he could have been chained to his circumstances, to what was done to him, but instead he experienced freedom. And it's the same freedom that you and I can experience. And so the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, you can download our app that has fillable notes, or you can just write it down. But the first thing that we can learn from Joseph is this, let God define you. Let God define you. See, in life, bad things happen to us. Bad things are said or done to us. Bad things take place in our lives because of us. But if we're not careful, these things can become the chains that we don't just identify with, but become our identity. See, our bondage to these things won't just confine us, but it will start to define us. You know, growing up as a kid, a local kid in Hawaii, in Hilo, Hawaii, uh, there's something that I love. I love. And it has to do with food, of course. And so, this is, I mean, this is one of my favorites, okay? I, I, I don't, I love, I love Spam, okay? I love Spam. I love Spam any way it comes. Maybe, okay, well, maybe not right out of the can, but I love Spam. I remember, though, a couple years ago, I had, a, I had a friend who uh, was visiting from the mainland. And so he was like, hey, I want to I wanna try that spam thing. I was like, okay, first of all, spam is not a thing. It's a food. It's a delicacy here in, in Hawaii. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 but I've heard, I've heard a lot of things about this spam. And I said, I, 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 I want to try it. So I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have you try my favorite kind of spam. It's spam musubi. So we went. I got on spam musubi. He took half of it. He took a bite. And he's like, hmm. I'm like, what, what is that face? He's like, so that's what spam tastes like. Like, what do you, what, what do you mean? What, like, what do you mean? Spam is spam. He's like, no, see, in the mainland, we don't like spam. Like, we, we, we hear what it is, and we're like, no, I'm okay. Like, nobody really likes spam. Well, a lot of people don't like spam. A lot of people do. And he's like, what is in spam? So did, you, did you ever read the ingredients in Spam? So, I did. <laughs> I'm going to read it to you. And this is my favorite kind of Spam, okay? This is a 20%, 25% less sodium. Because, hold on, a regular Spam is just way too salty for me. I'm sorry, okay? So this is, so I, I look, sorry, okay, so this is what's in it. 
pork with ham, mechanically separated chicken, water, salt, modified potato starch, sugar, sodium phosphates, potassium chloride, sodium nitrate. I don't even know what some of these ingredients is. I can't even smell some of these ingredients. But so he's like, it's, it's like mechanically separated chicken. First of all, I never, had, I never had chicken in this. I thought it was, I thought it was all pig. If I growing up, I heard that. I mean, if you're local, right, and you heard the story, right? Ah, spam is just all the pieces of the pig, all left over, just blended and put together. Now, I've heard, I've read it, I've heard it, but let me tell you this: I don't care what the label say. Okay, you can find me later on today, 7-Eleven, buying one spam katsu musubi, grinding that bad boy, cause I love spam. See, I know, like, like for me, spam get spam musubi, get spam and cabbage, get spam and um, beans, get spam and pineapple, get spam and pumpkin, get spam fries. Kid you not, get spam macadamia nuts. And that thing is mean. <laughs> Somebody's like, are you eating spam macadamia? A macadamia nut is not made out of spam. It's a spam flavoring. I don't know, but it tastes good. It tastes good. It tastes like spam. Now, I, I don't care what anybody tells me about spam. I love spam. And you know what's interesting though? A lot of times we'll, tell, we'll let other things, other people, tell us who we are. Except for the one who loves us. See, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll end up something happening to us or something being said or done to us. And then we'll think that's who we are. See, I love it when it says in Genesis 39, 20 to 21, it says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. See, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of bad things that happened in Joseph's life. And I think for some of us, we can say that there's a lot of bad things that happen in ours. But when you look at Joseph's life, I want you to catch this. Look, his brothers sold him into slavery. He gets falsely accused by the wife of his master and gets thrown into prison. He's promised to be remembered and freed, but instead is forgotten. And here's the craziest part. If you read Genesis 39 to 41, nowhere is it written Nowhere is Joseph defined as a prisoner. Catch this. He's sold into slavery. He's thrown into prison, and yet the Bible never refers to him as a prisoner. Why? Because even in prison, Joseph experienced true freedom because nothing defined him except for God. You know, a couple years ago, I was serving in youth ministry. I was a leader in youth ministry, and uh, we had a kid that was part of our youth ministry and he wasn't a lot of times we hear the stories of what was happening in his life and he he's all, he was often a kid that many people would write off as a bad kid you know he grew up in a not so great upbringing raised by a single mom uh, got into fights at school got into trouble with the law here and there and so one one time during summer uh, in fact he got into a fight with one of our youth that was part of our youth ministry and so he had this tough exterior. He had that, that, that reputation of 
being a kolohe or bad kid because of all the things that he had done, all the things that happened to him. And so one, one year, uh, he had just gotten into a fight. I think he had also gotten into trouble with, with um, authorities. So he had to do community service. And so it was summertime. And so back then we had a camp called Zero Gravity. And Pastor Bunny was actually overseeing our youth ministry at that time. And so she told this young man to, hey, you know what? If you got to do community service, you can do it at camp. And I'm going to be honest, he wasn't exactly thrilled because when you go to camp, you have to leave your family, your friends, your cell phone. And, you, and, and the thought of, oh, I'm going to have to work. I'm going to I'm I'm be at a beach, but I can't, even, I can't even partake in it. I don't think he was really excited for it, but he ended up going anyway. And so I remember the first day of camp, uh, he kind of just had that attitude of, oh, I don't like to do this. I don't like, I don't have to do that. I don't want to. But eventually, he started, he started helping out. And the amazing part was Pastor Bunny said, you know what, just let him be part of camp. Look at him. She, that's what she told us. Look at him as if he's not doing community service. Look at him as if he's one of the campers. And so we did. We loved on him. Um, we, we, you know, we, 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 he was part of the groups and all this, and I took part in all the activities and all these things. But I'll never forget this. I'll never forget one, one night during camp. He shared what he felt. And he was saying that everybody thinks I'm a mistake because of all the mistakes I've done. I'll, I'll, everybody thinks that I'm this bad kid. And, he was, and he, was, he was saying that out. In other words, what he was crying out was, that's not who I am. And I'll never forget the last night. I believe it was the last night of camp. We did this whole big worship. You know, you know we're ending in camp. Every, all the kids are emotional and, and all that. But what I didn't tell you was that that kid that he had fought with earlier in the school year was actually at that camp with us. And that last night, both of them, tears running down their eyes, hugging each other, encouraging each other, lifting each other up. I remember coming back, and it was because it was on the other side of the island, coming back home, and, and what started out as enemies in school, they became friends because of what God was doing. And I thought to myself, you know what would have been really bad is if we looked at that kid and said, you know what, everything you did defines you. Not God. And I'm so glad that Pastor Bunny casted vision to us of what God says. That nothing else defines us but him. Because a year or two later, he was killed in a car accident. But I can tell you this. As broken as it was when we heard the news, we're so grateful that he knew who he was and where he was going. See, a lot of things will try to define us. Our mistakes will try to define us. A lot of things will try to chain us, confine and define us. But only one can. And watch what he, tells, watch what he says you are to him. In Romans 8, 14 to 16, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We sang that earlier today. I am a child of God. 
That's not just words to sing. That's words that are being spoken because that's who we are. And in that, we can find freedom. We have freedom. You see, we can identify freedom when we identify ourselves as children of God. That's what Joseph did, and that's what God is speaking unto you and me today. The second thing is this. Let God have all of you. Let God have all of you. God wants you. All of you. Every part. The good, the bad, the ugly. The you that you portray in front of people, you know, your, your friends, your family, and like, oh, yeah, you know, however you do. But even, he even wants the you that you try to hide from people, including him. See, the most famous scripture in the Bible is found in John 3.16, and it says this, for God so loved the world. You notice how Jesus didn't say, for God so loved the good people? Or, for God so loved only those who do the right things. Or, God, for God so loved those who go to new hope. For God so loved those who read their Bible. For God so loved those who worship him. No, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. The whole world. You see, we can experience freedom when we surrender everything to God. I want to give you this illustration. I need a volunteer. Hey, Bill, I'm calling you, Bill. Come on, Bill. I'm calling your daughter earlier for service. I'm calling you now. No. How you doing? So, Bill, you, Bill, I, you like candy, Bill. Oh, well, too bad. You can be, you're still going to be in my administration. You can give them away after, okay? So, so Bill, I, I, I'm going to throw out M&M's to you, okay? okay? How many of you guys like M&M's? Come see Bill after because he knows the candy. I'll give it to my daughter. <laughs> Sorry. Well, don't give it to Kelsey. I caught her during first service already. <laughs> but here's the catch. I'm going to throw them to you. But you got to hold all these bags. Yeah? Here you go. One. Okay. Two. Okay, hold on. I get like six more bags. Hold on. Now, here's the deal, Bill. You can keep whatever you catch in the bag. Okay? Right now, he's going, when is this bag going to stop? Like, what? What's going on? No, no, you gotta no, you cannot put them in the bag. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you gotta hold them That's individually, right. individually, you gotta individually. Oh, that's 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 smart though. That's smart. Your daughter never think of that first service. I'm just saying. She's still young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get two more. Hold on, hold on. Small, 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 small. Here you go. This is what we call, uh, I only like take one trip from the car. You, you just catch what I'm saying? You ever, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So you can stand there. Yeah, there you go. Right on. You can come. Okay, so I'm going to throw. <laughs> brother, brother, I'm going to just throw. <laughs> Your job will catch. Okay, ready? Okay, so I'm going to throw. What is it, Seven? No, that's eight. Okay, I'm going to throw eight. Okay, ready? Oh, 
peanuts. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. So you got four, I think, huh? Four. All right, give it up for Bill. Give it up for Bill. You got four. You got half. So, so you guys all now know, yeah. If you guys like more, just you know, go hit a bill. Huh? But here's the thing. I guarantee you, that was that's pretty impressive, Bill. You got four. You got half. But I guarantee you this: if Bill wasn't holding these eight bags, I guarantee he would have been able to catch way more. Right? <laughs> he said, maybe. <laughs> you know what's funny is that God wants to bless us, but we're too busy holding on to baggage. We're too busy holding on to baggage. And God is saying, listen, I can bless you, or you can hold on to this. There's four candies on the ground because Bill didn't catch it in the bag. But imagine if instead of holding these bags, there was no baggage. See, that's, what, that's why God wants all of you, including our baggage. Genesis 45, verses 45 says this, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for, for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. See, this is what Joseph was actually telling his brothers after he's released from prison, after he actually gains favor once again. He's actually now the second in charge of the entire province. And his brothers, who are now in need, have to come to him. They don't even know it's him until this very moment. And I love how Joseph, you notice what Joseph doesn't do? He doesn't go, you my brothers, you sold me into slavery, I got, I got put into prison, I got forgotten about. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't vomit any baggage at his brothers. He lets it all go. You see, you and I can choose to hold on to the baggage in our lives. And a lot of times we'll have this mentality that this baggage belongs to us. That the hurt, the pain, the shame, the fears, the doubts, the past, that all these things, for some reason, they belong to us. See, Joseph could have easily held on to all of that baggage and used it against his brothers at that very moment. But there's no freedom in that. Instead, Joseph surrenders everything to God so he can run freely in the race that God has for him. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily ensnares us so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like running. 
This body not built for running. Yeah, I don't like running. If somebody tells me, hey, Ben, we go running, I'm like, why? Why are we running? If it's for basketball or a sport, okay, maybe. But I don't like running. But let's say, for example, you're called to run a race. In fact, if you didn't know, you are called to run a race. It's called life. And I don't know about you, but already I get a hard time run. But here's the thing. If we hold on to our baggage, this is what happens. And even if it seems like it's empty, you're like, okay, well, okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go run the race. And then, but if you don't surrender it all to God, if you don't let God have all of you, including the bag, then when things come up, wow, why did that happen? Well, why did that person do this to me? Why is, why is this happening right now? Oh, man. I know I made a mistake, but... Oh. See, as much as I hated running before, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm not going to be able to run. See, in the same way, God is saying, I want all of you. Every part. Yep, your hurt, your pain. Yep, even your good. I want all of you. I need you to surrender it, though. See, what's so amazing is that God loves you and I so much that he's not willing to take it away from us just because. It's us that has to let him have all of it so that we can run. See, when we surrender it all to God, catch this. When we surrender it all to God, we will experience freedom as a victor, not a victim. We gotta give it all to God. That's what Joseph did. And after we, let, after we let God define us, and after we let God have all of us, the last thing is this. We gotta let God in. We gotta let God in. See, we can experience freedom rise when we let God define us, and we can let God have all that we are. But true independence comes from our dependence on God. Let me say that again. True independence comes from our dependence on God in our lives. See, God doesn't just want to speak over our lives. He doesn't just want us to surrender our lives. He wants to bring salvation in our lives. We live in complete freedom when we let Jesus live in us as Lord and Savior. One of the favorite activities that we used to do in um, youth ministry was this game called Sham Battle. It's like ultimate dodgeball. And basically what you do is you have two teams. There's a line in the middle. You put all the dodgeballs in the middle. And what happens is they go for it. And if you get out, there's a jail that if you get out, you have to go in and you have to wait till your teammate from the other side throws you the ball and you catch it in the jail. 
And some versions, you, you catch them, you can go back. Some versions, you got to out somebody on the opposite team. And so I remember this one night we were playing. We probably had about 50-something kids here at Youth Ministry, and we were outside in the, in the courtyard lawn right there. And so we were playing sham battle. And it was a joint night, so which means we had high school and junior high. And so we split the teams up, about 30 each. And all of a sudden, as you're playing, you see the kids starting to get out. They're getting hit with the dodgeballs, they have to go to jail. And the best part about playing sham battle is, you know at the very end, the kids that are remaining, it's not the best ones. <laughs> like, you, you know, because everybody knows, okay, when you play, you're going to take out the best guys on the opposite team because you don't want them to be there. And so I remember this one night we were playing, and we got down to where there was all these, uh, one side had still majority of their team, and the other side only had two kids, both in junior high. And so they were playing, and um, you can just hear the, the, their, their teammates in jail going, Ben, Ben, come on, let us back in, let us back in, let us, let us switch places, let us switch places, come on, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, come on, Ben, let us, let us jump in. And I'm like, sorry, you, you guys got out. You guys got to cheer on your teammates. Ben, they're not going to win. And I'm like, dude, come on, just cheer them on. And so, and so, and all of a sudden, as we're, as we're, this is happening, I hear, ooh, and I turn, and what was two is now one. Because one of the other kids got, uh, got the other kid out. And so now it's this short, scrawny sixth grader that's left in a field of seniors and juniors and sophomores and, uh, and freshmen and everybody else that was on their team. And I could just see the look on that kid's face. It was a look of fear. Like, mm, I don't want to play. And so, and so uh, I see that. And so you can, and so you, okay, imagine with me, okay? There's one short, scrawny sixth grader with a dodgeball in his hand. And on the other side, there's 30 other students, 10, 15 of them, all with dodgeballs in their hand. And they're looking at this kid like, we're going to get him out. And I don't know, it was at that moment, as he looked at me, there's music starting to play in my head. There goes my hero. I grab on dodgeball. Soup. Boom. Hit one kid on the other side. Ah. I start grabbing on the dodgeball. I start freeing. Man, throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. All the other leaders jump in, start throwing the balls to the jail so all the other, other students that's in the jail can come out and help this one scrawny little kid. And it was so funny. And that's the, funny, that's the best part. That's the joke about it that we used to say in youth ministry. You know it's going to go down when the leaders step in. Because first of all, when you get like 50 students and you know some of them don't listen to you and you're playing dodgeball, <laughs> the anointing that comes with that. <laughs> but it was so funny because as soon as the leaders, as, as soon as I jumped in and the leader, other leaders jumped in, it was like, ah! See, in the same way, we will only experience freedom when we let God define us, when we let God have all of us and let God in. Yeah. You know, after Jacob, Joseph's father, dies, his brothers actually go to him and they're now scared because Joseph now is this guy in charge and now the dad who, who kind of was able to like buffer between uh, Joseph and them 
he's gone. And so they're kind of like, hey, Joseph, you know, um, dad said, you know, don't be, be, don't, be, don't be mean to us. And I love it what it says in Genesis 50, 20. This is what Joseph says. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Can I ask you to read that with me real quick? But I want you to emphasize two words. It's right after harm me, okay? Ready? Go. You intended to harm me, but God intended it to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we will never experience freedom rise and break off the bondage and chains in our lives without God. Joseph says this to his brothers, not only to reveal that what happened in his life didn't define him, not only to inform his brothers that he's not carrying the weight of what took place from the moment that they sold him into slavery, but to show them, hear me out, to show them that the power to break the bondage and chains are found when we praise the name above all names. That's why it says in Psalms 107.14, he brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. You know, a lot of times when we say, but God, it's like, oh, but God, like, but God, why, but God, why does it have to happen like this? And yet, when Joseph says it in Genesis 50, 20, he's not saying it like that. He's adding God to the mix. He's saying, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. There are some of us here right now that we might realize it, we might, not even, we might not even realize it, but we are wrapped up in chains. You might be here right now, and maybe you're going through, maybe you're not feeling good, maybe you're going through a health situation, but God can bring healing. Maybe you're dealing with financial problems, maybe you're broke, amen, that's where I'm at, but God still has a plan. He is still the provider. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody harmed you. But God is going to bring healing and restoration. But God. We were dead in our sins. But God sent Jesus. We got to let God in. We got to let God in. We, wanna, we want the power to break the chains in our lives we got to let the one whose name alone can break it. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, there is a freedom that God desires for us to experience. A freedom that defines us greater than the chains that try to confine us. A freedom in surrendering all that we are, embracing life in his victory rather than as a victim. A freedom that establishes a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, that breaks the chains when we praise his name. That is freedom. Are you willing to let it rise up? There are some of us here right now that there's chains holding us back. I want to invite you in right now to let freedom rise right in this moment that we're going to sing this song, but we're not going to sing it. We're going to proclaim it. That as you speak it, believe it, 
that every chain that's holding us back is undone in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son. Because you and I are not called to be a prisoner. You and I were not created to be that. You and I were created to be free, amen? So would you join us as we proclaim this and proclaim it for you wherever you are.
can't hurt people, hurt people. Then free people, free people. So Lord, we proclaim that right now for our families, for our friends, for our loved ones, for our community, for our nation, for our world, for everybody and anybody. And there's freedom because there's power in your name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Sing, there is power. There is power. Jesus, we come before you right now, and Lord, we stand, not in prison, but free because of you. Lord, there may be some of us here right now, wherever we may be, maybe we don't have a relationship with you, but we hear you knocking at the door of our heart. And Lord, I pray that if there's, if there's anyone here today, online or in person, that would be saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want the freedom to live in the life that he has for me. Then I'm gonna ask you that you just repeat it, this prayer after me, and you just say with all your heart, Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again to give me eternal life because you forgive me, you wash me clean, and you love me. Help me in every moment to live freely for you. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Lord, you're continuing to set your people free. So Lord, as we leave here today, let us leave here not with our heads down, no longer bound in chains, but free because of your name that's written on our heart. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. If you receive Jesus Christ for the first time, I want to encourage you, tell somebody. In fact, you can come tell me at the yes table where we have in our fellowship hall. We have a free resource for you to help you in your relationship with Jesus. And again, leave here no longer bound, but free. We love you guys. We'll see you guys Wednesday night, 6.30, or next week Sunday, 7, 8.30, and 10 o'clock a.m. God bless everybody. Take care. Have a happy 4th of July. And aloha. Aloha.